You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 115. Have you ever wondered if you could travel and run a location-independent business? Today's guest explains how he took this dream, created a company, and now offers it as a franchise. I know Neil's journey will inspire you. Hi, Neil. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Maria. Sad to be here. So I would love to start by getting to know a bit about you and how you created Made This. Sure. So my name is Neil Parekh. I am CEO of a company called Made This Franchise uh, based over in California. So I'm in Los Angeles. And what Made This Franchise does is it's, uh, it's a cleaning franchise focused on vacation rentals. So it's actually the first Airbnb cleaning franchise that exists in the US. And we also do regular residential as well. The company I started it in 2013. So I was actually uh, working in venture capital and finance for a while. Decided I wanted to uh, quit and travel. So I started a side business and tried a bunch of different things. This one ended up working out. So after a couple of years of doing it as a side hustle, I went full-time, booked a one-way flight to South America and Colombia since I wanted to to go travel and just been working on the business remotely. So now it's a completely remote business concept. Oh, I love it. Well, did you always see yourself owning your own business or what was it that gave you that inspiration to transition out into something different? Yeah, I, I always did see myself owning a business. I wasn't sure what kind, but I guess it was kind of in me. Maria, do you remember like the old blockbusters, like video rental stores? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my, my parents had uh, a couple of their own private stores. You know, they moved to this the country, started their own businesses and ran video rental stores for about 32 years. So a very long time. So I kind of wow. grew up around at least small business as well. So I knew something in the business realm I would do. I just wasn't really sure what. So I think it is funny that I ended up with another local business as well, I guess. It makes sense. Uh, in yes. hindsight, but yeah, I, I, w- I really had no idea if I'd be something in tech, something in Silicon Valley or a local business. And for now, at least it is a local business. Yeah. Well, I love that your background and your parents' influence probably helped to shape your business. Maybe some of the pitfalls of having a business that's cemented like a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of the pitfalls are having to be there or always having to check in or whatever, but having the ability to do your work remotely, I think is such a huge benefit. Yeah. And it tr- truly was done just out of necessity. I wanted some sort of side business while I traveled and helped just generate some extra income. So just by necessity, I had to make this local business remote. And then I kind of figured out that, wow, there's so many huge competitive advantages of doing it this way compared to other local businesses who are not fully remote. Just the flexibility, you're forced to make a lot more systems quickly. You're forced to be more creative with it. You have a global workforce. And really just, uh, I think local businesses, um, there's a perception that you have to physically be there, right? Because it's it's in fact a local business. People think of an old brick and mortar store. They think of a video rental store. Exactly. Um, I think now with how quickly technology has progressed, uh, you don't need to be there for many types of business models anymore, but people haven't really understood that. It's, it's a hard hurdle to shift. So yeah, I, I just think with how rapidly technology has moved, the idea of having to be somewhere localized is just pretty unnecessary for many types of businesses. Yes. Well, I'm also curious when you were saying that you tried different things, how did you decide like what things you wanted to pursue or how is it that you landed on the cleaning business? (laughs) 
Yeah, good question. So I wanted to eventually quit and travel, right? I, I thought I'd be backpacking for a year and it'd be coming five years, but I just wanted to quit and travel. So of course I was in my cubicle at work, uh, typing in how to work from around the world, right? And then <laughs> all, all like the top SEO blogs for that, which would be like, be a digital nomad. You could start your own dropship company to do it and generate passive income. So I was obsessed right. with this concept of passive income, which for all the listeners, a passive income in business does not exist. Uh, or if it does, it's, you're going to get beaten rather quickly, right? It's, it's just the nature of the work. So anyways, I started looking into a lot more and you know, the idea of being a digital nomad traveling the world, that means you do e-commerce. That means you do dropshipping. That means you do micro blogging. Anything which is quote unquote remote, that's what I tried. So I, I guess it gave me a good foundation because I was fascinated with that side of optimizing things, doing digital marketing, because that's you know, a lot of things you can do remote. So I think that lended itself eventually when it came across the concept of a cleaning company. So I was on Reddit. Maria, do you, have, do you know Reddit? Yes. Yeah, I've heard of Reddit. Reddit yes. Yeah. This is a Reddit called Entrepreneur, where, and Reddit is just like pretty much every forum in the world in one website. So I was on the Entrepreneur Forum, and a guy posted how he started a cleaning company, and he posted like the 20 steps for it. So I thought, you know what? I'm trying all these other things. Let me just give this a shot as well. And then it started to work, started to get more business. This is 2013. This is when vacation rentals, Airbnb just started coming up. So I started to get more calls from people at the time. He said, hey, I want to do vacation rental cleaning and looked into it, figured out very new niche. A lot of people are calling about it. So decided to make that the specialty. Uh, and that's how I got started. So to be honest, it's kind of by pure chance, by trying a lot of different things out, by failing at a lot of different things. And this is the one that worked. So I decided to roll with it. I'm not going to you know, make the assumption, but cleaning was probably not in your background, but you still mm-hmm. decided, hey, let's take a look at this. So you were open to all these ideas. Yeah, yeah. And, and Maria, I love your thoughts about this too. But I, I, I do think that um, business in general, at least for me, is, is a tool to achieve whatever you want, right? Is it to travel? Is it to support your family financially? Like whatever the whatever it is, the business and entrepreneurship is kind of the medium. So I don't necessarily, I don't believe that what you're selling has to be something you're super passionate about. You just have to be passionate about the process of business ownership, of scaling, of growing yourself, things like that. I do see business as a, a means to the end of the goal you're trying to accomplish. Maria, what do you think? I love that. Yeah, that's exactly my point is so many times we close our mind to a new idea or a new venture because we say, well, we're not really you know, into that, or mm-hmm. you don't see yourself in that position. But really, what you're saying is that you're really just learning how to do this new thing, maybe better than someone else has been doing it, or maybe you're filling a niche. So I, I love that you're seeing opportunity because you're not being closed minded. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was a pure chance thing. I'm not I'm not saying, hey, I'm, I'm so open minded, and I'm going to do all of this. It was just, hey, why, like, why not? I'm going to give it a shot. I need I'm gonna, I want to go travel. I need to make some extra money. Right. Uh, and it worked. Can you explain how made this works? Yeah, sure. So uh, there's two companies now, I guess, has made this California, which is the company I originally started, a, a local cleaning agency to be able to connect homeowners with cleaners, connects Airbnb customers with cleaners as well. And the way it works is we have a software system, which is third-party software. We recruit cleaners, put them through a long um, interview process, onboard them into our system. And then whenever a host has a cleaning, it'll just automatically schedule a cleaning with us. For example, for Airbnb customers, um, guest checks out, automatically schedules a cleaning with us because we can sync with the calendar. Cleaner goes, fills out the cleaning report, checks for damages, supplies. That automatically goes to the host with pictures. So the Airbnb host um, has comfort around the fact that the cleaning is done properly. A lot of it's automated. And then on the other hand, there's the regular residential side, which is just regular 
residential cleaning. You need a monthly, bi-weekly, weekly service. You could book that very easily and simply online. Okay. Uh, and in, re- in late 2020, early 2021, we launched uh, the franchise program. So this business, the original business has been around since 2013. And the franchise concept allows us to sell the franchise model to other people who want to pretty much copy exactly what I did with having a remote local business model. So we launched that and are expanding across the US with the franchise model. Wow, that's amazing. So in other words, if somebody wants to purchase the franchise or one locally, like in their area, mm-hmm. are they able to also tie in with Airbnb or is that really just at your level? No, it, it, it's at the franchisee level. So we, we tie in with the host's specific calendar. So the way we set everything up, we are able to do that and the franchisees can do that as well. So they have, it's literally a, a copy and paste of the business model I've already, I've already created in California, you know, systemized it, kept all the stuff which is working, removed all the stuff which is not working, make sure they set up for success. So it, it's a copy of the business that we're already running. Okay, gosh, that's amazing. It's like a perfect blueprint <laughs> for business. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do, it's funny, we're talking about old school cleaning industry. I do think franchising is an old school business as well. Like I, if I, if, before even thinking about franchising, I thought I'm not going to do that. That's like that's old school. No, who does franchising? You could just start your own business now online. But there's so many benefits of franchising now that I'm in it and that I know for the person buying the franchise. But same concept. I think it's a very old school type of industry in franchising. So I'm hoping to disrupt that just because same way with cleaning is just a lot of people who've been doing it for a long time who don't know exactly what they're doing. And so I think it's pretty pretty ripe. I encourage you to take a little time this week just for you. I recently discovered Let's Make Art and I'm giddy with excitement. It doesn't matter if you're a beginner or a pro, if you're 3 or 83, Let's Make Art has something for everyone. From supplies and tutorials to monthly art boxes, their passion is to support you in your artistic adventure. You no longer have to worry that you're spending money on the wrong supplies because Let's Make Art offers art kits made specifically for each project. As a mom and a teacher at heart, I love that they also offer kits made especially for kids. The best part? Let's Make Art kits and art supplies are all available online and delivered to your doorstep, and I have a special coupon just for you. Let's Make Art Simple together. Check out Let's Make Art today by going to my special link at zen.ai backslash handmade CEO pod. That's zen.ai backslash handmade CEO pod to get 20% off. Coupon code is activated at checkout and will also be available in the show notes. Now back to the show. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know more about the Airbnb partnership. Can anyone clean an Airbnb property or do they need to be approved by an Airbnb? And how did that partnership develop? Because it sounds like you're kind of tied in with them. Sure. So it's actually not a partnership with the company, but the individual hosts. So that what, how Airbnb, VRB, all these companies work is for any host, their calendar gets put into a URL, which they can access. It's called an iCal. So what we have is a specific software, which the host gives us their iCal. I could see all of their reservations. So in the software, I can simply drop in that URL and it'll automatically generate cleanings based off of guest checkout dates. So it stays hooked to the Airbnb calendar of whatever host you're working with. And that way it could automate a lot of things. And you know, for hosts there, they don't want to text a cleaner every single time and say, hey, I have a cleaner on this day. I have to manage my calendar. I have to do X, Y, and Z. So this allows a lot of automation with the cleaners and with the turnover services. That's awesome. So yeah, because I was kind of thinking, well, how does that work if you know if there's Airbnb and there's all these people that are 
actual, I, I don't know what you call them. They're, I guess they're the renters, they're property owners. You know, mm-hmm. how is it that they individually find you? So it's, it's really a, building a relationship with the host that provides the business revenue for you. Correct. Yeah. The hosts usually find us, you know, they'll type in Airbnb cleaning or something into Google or just see reviews, see us on different forums and find us. So each host is left to their own devices to find a cleaner. Many of them, of course, you know, want to do themselves or many of them want to find an individual cleaner. But the benefit of working with the company is you get a primary and a backup, uh, especially with COVID now, you have to make sure it's extremely clean. So it's, you you don't want to do it yourself. So yeah, it depends on what the host is looking for with moisturity, but that's why a proper service for my service goes so much further, I think. Yes. Yeah. When you're purchasing a franchise like this, you already have a leg up from maybe a regular person that just is cleaning. I think having the name and people knowing that, oh, you guys are familiar with how the Airbnb system works. I think that's such a huge benefit. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think so. Absolutely. Because even if the person doesn't know the name, there's a wealth of experience. Right? I think we've helped coordinate close to like 100,000 cleanings at this point. So there's a wealth of wow. experience, which every franchisee gets access to. Therefore, their customers get access to that experience too. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. So it just speeds a lot of things up. And I think that's, at least in business, I wish I did this when I was younger and it is just pay to time collapse. Basically, if I could pay a coach, if I could pay a system who've already solved the problem, that way exactly. I don't need to make the same mistakes. It would eliminate so much trial and error, so much money wasted. Um, yes. And that's what I think any franchise system should be offering. Exactly. Well, can you explain a little bit about the franchise service and what you offer and in general price range of what that would look like? Sure. Yeah. So the way that the franchising works is you get a protected territory. And as part of the setup, it's a couple months of uh, training. So oftentimes uh, the people who've so far been gravitating to the franchise, and it, it could be a variety of different types of people, but it's been people who maybe have heard my story of starting a side business and quitting and traveling and want to do that, right? They are, they're working at a job and they're like, hey, I want to start something. I don't really know what, you know, I've never been an entrepreneur or, you know, I have, and I want to start another endeavor with more guidance. They might be attracted to this business model. And a part of it, we do uh, virtual training for about two months. And that's not full-time two months, but, you know, sporadically during two months to help get it set up. The franchise system, that's us, will do all the tech stuff for you. Building the website, helping do the SEO, email capture, email marketing, social media posting. So there's a variety of marketing things we do for the franchisee as well, in addition to the training. Then we give the entire operations manual playbook, which is every mistake I've ever made put into a 400-page document, which the franchise... Yeah, which the franchise has access to. So they don't have to make the same mistakes as I did and get them fully set up, you know, go with them and do business analysis, competitive analysis, pricing analysis. As the franchisee gets launched, there's a support system around the franchisee, meaning weekly coaching calls, courses online, check-in calls. And as we scale, I'm kind of excited to have franchisees be able to talk to each other, right? To have a a support group around that. So it's very very curated. I, I feel like it's going bowling with the guardrails up, you know what I mean? Where everything's in place so you don't go in the gutter. That, that's kind of how I envision it. I love that. That's a, a really nice a visual. <laughs> <laughs> so in general, what is the price range for the franchise? Yeah, sure. So the the initial fee is 35000 and the all-in cost expected in the first handful of months is anywhere between forty five to seventy thousand. That includes that thirty five thousand. So all in you could say seventy on the high end. 
So we're what's called a low cost franchise. Anything under 100,000 is a low cost franchise. And uh, it is a remote business model. It's pretty lean to operate once it actually gets up and running. Most of the costs are around marketing, maybe legal, and you know, third-party software is where most of the costs go. Okay. Well, I mean, yes, yeah, you can spend just a ton of money just creating your own website and everything. So I think anyone that's been in business for a little bit of time knows that there's so much value in that. And again, it just seems like everything's already pre-done. So it feels safer to jump into something like that. Yeah. I mean, look, our website, I, I don't know how much, I probably spent $25,000 on our website alone, right? And just right. years of optimization, redoing it, custom coding. And that's something that franchisees get for free, right? Not even including anything else. So even, not even with us, but like other franchise systems, they should be offering something similar, I believe. So I think the franchising concept, I've I've become much more open-minded to it. I think I was a little bit right. more of like, oh, that's what my parents do. I don't, why would I get into franchising? But now that I've seen it, I see the huge value in that concept because you just eliminate lots of mistakes, basically. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Before COVID, what would the turnaround time be for somebody to make back that investment? Yeah, it's tough to say, and it depends what market you're in and how much you spend on marketing, right? So there, I don't okay. think there is, unfortunately, a rule of thumb for how quickly you'll make that back. Because let's say you only spend $500 a month on marketing and don't really scale, it's going to take a while for you to make that back. Versus in the first year, if you dump a lot into marketing, and the way the business works is it's a highly recurring business, right? The ticket price isn't going to be as large as painting or like landscaping, right? Because they're individual cleanings. This only works from a recurring base. So whoever could get to a recurring customer base the quickest is going to win. So typically people who've scaled fast, they've invested a lot in marketing upfront and they've got in a, a recurring client base. And after a while, they could pull back their marketing. And the recurring client base is still generating profit for them. So it really just depends how quickly you're able to scale to get that recurring client base. So yeah, unfortunately, there is no rule of thumb. It just depends how right. much you spend on marketing. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I always say, you know, you can build a website, you can make products, but if you're not telling the world about it, no one's going to find it. So right. I can see that makes so much sense that in this business model, it's the same. It always kind of reverts back to marketing. Yeah, it was always fun where like, you know, the phrase, build it and they will come. That is so oh. not true for business. <laughs> it's just not at all. Yeah, but you know what? Somehow I think people get the wrong idea. They feel like, you know, something's not working. And then three months in, they say, I'm done with this. It didn't work out. But I feel like, well, you really didn't stick around long enough. Sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's a year. And so, yeah, I think it definitely it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think the consistency is more important than anything. And there's times right. where you have to throw in the towel, right? I would start my first business to try to be remote was a pet hair vacuum blog. I'm so happy I threw the towel for that one, right? Because it's a pet hair vacuum blog. So there's some things where you're just like, I, I don't feel this is right. This is not even close. I have no traction. Uh, yes, so it is, yeah. it is kind of, it is tough to know when to throw in the towel versus keep going. I, I will say right. that. But I feel like if you're honest with yourself, you know when it's lack of effort versus, oh, this is a good idea, but I'm just not you know, I'm just not seeing the results quite as quickly as I wanted to. But I mean, there's, there's a Correct. huge difference between being naive and saying, oh, it's just not a good, it's not happening for me. But it really, I think a lot of times we know and it's us that we're just not putting in the effort. That's a really good point. It's, uh, and it, it is tough to tell, acknowledge that yourself of like, it's yes. me, it's not yes. the business, right? But that's where being humble comes into play. Exactly. Well, what actionable tips do you have for someone interested in starting their own made this business? Like say, if they're looking into doing this, what what are the first steps? 
Sure. I'd say first go see if you qualify. Um, by that, I mean go to uh, madethisfranchise.com. Franchise.com. You fill out the form. Uh, you hop on a call with us. And the whole point of the call and the whole point of the process, it's usually a two to three month process, is to figure out if this is the right opportunity for you. I don't think we'd ever want to take someone's money and time and invest um, with them if I don't believe that this is what they should be doing. So a lot of this is making sure goals are aligned and making sure they're in the right place. So I think the first step is just hop on an intro call and see if this is a fit for you uh, and see if this is something um, that makes sense for both sides. That would be the first step. Perfect. Well, can you give me a valuable piece of advice that you've learned over the past years about becoming a business owner? Ooh, good question. Let me try to give you a good one. So I think something I realized is that oftentimes your um, business can only grow as far as the leader. If the leader is not a great leader, the business is not going to thrive. If the, if the owner has not put in the self-work to improve himself or him, herself, the business will not grow. So it's funny how directly correlated it is that whenever I've like, quote unquote, leveled up, the business has grown. So I I think for anyone, invest in yourself. And I, I hear that all the time. I didn't fully understand what that meant. I just thought that meant like, okay, sure, invest in myself, learn a bunch of new skills. But I think just constant growth of the leader of the entrepreneur, it does have a direct correlation to your business, uh, which you'll notice. So that's something I'd always encourage someone to do is constantly be, be growing, self-growing, going to conferences, if reading books, you know, taking leadership training, whatever you can, because it really does affect your business. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Well, how can we connect with you? Sure. So if, if you're curious about Made This Franchise, you can go to madethisfranchise.com. Uh, you could also go to neoparek.com to contact me directly. Any of those mediums, just mention you're from Maria's show and I'll answer you personally and I'll hop on a call with you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Neil. I really appreciate being here today. All right. Thanks, Maria. Well, there you have it, my friend. Another innovative entrepreneur sharing his knowledge with all of us. There's no time like the present to take advantage of all that technology has to offer. Just a handful of years ago, it was not an option to travel and work on your laptop from any location. If you're still on the fence about starting your own business, or maybe you want to expand and start another income stream, I would consider a high quality franchise. Make sure to visit the show notes to connect with Neil. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guests and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 